Blog Talk Radio. and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, broadcasting live from lovely, sunny Austin, Texas. We have a very special co-host today. So without any further delay, Mr. Ventura, would you please introduce our co-host? Yes, sir. It would be my pleasure. Jonathan Smoke is the first chief economist for Realtor.com, the official site of the National Association of Realtors. Smoke is a 20-year veteran of the real estate industry and has held a number of executive roles throughout the industry. Prior to working for Realtor.com, he served in key executive roles for Hanley Wood, an information and marketing services company serving the residential, commercial design, and construction industries. He's also an entrepreneur with business ownership and consulting experience and has a master's in business administration from the University of Texas at Austin. Now back to you, Tim. So, Jonathan, thank you for agreeing to be today's co-host. I really appreciate it. We've been looking forward to actually connecting with um, you guys at MOVE and introducing all of you, or I think in many cases reintroducing all of you to all of our listeners. Um, so I'm curious, what's your background that led you uh, into the real estate side of things? Because the chief economist role um, is new, correct? It is entirely new, and thanks for having me, Tim. This is an exciting opportunity. I've got the looks for radio, so I think I'll shine in this in this session. Now, I have to be honest, I didn't choose real estate uh, originally. I didn't wake up one day and say, I am destined to be a real estate economist. Uh, sort of, it, it chose me over time. Uh, when I think back, I, I'm naturally analytical, and so I was attracted to economics in college as a way to understand the world and why things happen. And I think you know, people probably can relate to that if they've read Freakonomics or uh, have seen things like Moneyball, uh, that you can make meaning uh, out of life uh, with some good data and some good statistical programs. But to tell you how much of a, an intellectual geek I am, I actually double majored in economics and religious studies. That's, that's how much I wanted to find meaning in life. And I figured between those two ends of the spectrum, I would have it, have it covered. Um, but I also really enjoy the communication part of things, and, and I've really found that over the last several years of, of acting as, a, as an economist uh, and really going out across the country and talking to realtors, uh, builders, uh, remodelers, uh, and really just being out with, with people, I, I learned that I actually enjoy the communication part of this and telling stories and making sense of what's going on. Uh, that's so, you know, I've landed here in, in what I would say is my dream job. Well, congratulations for that. Um, so of the three big, I know we have some questions that we're working off of, and hopefully I don't throw you off your game too much if we skip around a lot, because I know that our listeners are really focusing on specific topics. Um, so yep. I, if, I'm going to jump to this question, because I think, just think it's really interesting uh, from your perspective. And I, I, I think everyone, we, we have, I don't know, it's hard to know for sure on, on a daily basis, but we have uh, the largest audience of real estate agents looking to learn how to re- build their real estate businesses. And it's interesting from a coaching perspective, a lot of these guys are brand new in the business. So we get free coaching call requests uh, frequently, free coaching calls for agents.com. 
And these agents are coming from professional backgrounds, executives and other companies, uh, advanced educations. A real shift, I think, is happening right now in terms of the types of people that are becoming realtors. And so they don't necessarily understand the working relationship or the relationship between Realtor.com, Zillow, and Trulia. And so I'll give them an ultra-brief history and then then a question. Realtor.com was the first to create the model, and uh, Realtor.com listeners is owned by Move.com. So just to kind of clear the air, Trulia and Zillow really are not uh, tied in in any way to the industry. Move.com is um, associated very closely with the National Association of Realtors. So when you hear us talk about on this radio show buying buyer leads and you know Zillow, Zillow and Trulia, and you guys are wondering where well, where should we syndicate our listings if we're going to you know decide to syndicate one place or the other? Where should we have our listings show up? We will always tell you to have your listings appear on Realtor.com. There's really two two ways about that, and it's an interesting. Um, angle that Realtor.com, because of the fact they have a direct tie-in with the National Association of Realtors, Realtor.com really does have the most accurate listings data. Is that something you can talk a little bit about? How much of an advantage that is to Realtors that you know Realtor.com does offer really real-time listings data versus, say, some of the other syndicators? Yeah, ab- absolutely. So. Uh, you know, our, our tagline today is accuracy matters, and uh, I, I came on board right when that campaign was starting. So, of course, as an economist, I, I love I love that approach and, and being data-driven. So Realtor.com covers virtually every listing in the U.S. Uh, we receive data from over 800 MLSs, um, and literally, statistically, we are just about at 100% of all listings in the country. So you have that breadth of coverage um, that you can rely on, but at the same time, 90% of those listings are being received in a way that they are being updated at least every 15 minutes. So I don't know if your if your listeners have seen like our doghouse architect ad or some of the new campaigns. Mm-hmm. We're really trying to focus on how, how what an impact it has on the consumer to be able to understand. Uh, exactly what homes are on the market um, and be alerted when they come on the market to be able to uh, to act upon them and and find a realtor who can help help them out from that perspective and you'd also find that the vast majority of our li- listings are as deep as as uh, you can make them in terms of the most pictures the most descriptions the you know all of the key data points that are very important for the consumers um, and that's a real distinction uh, for realtor.com well, the accuracy concern that you hear, you know, uh, voiced all the time by realtors, even by consumers, mostly by consumers, about bad information on the other portals, that doesn't really happen on Realtor.com. I mean, just not that frequently anyway. So the bottom line is, I hope every one of you listening understand at the end of the day, what matters is that you do support Realtor.com. And you support Realtor.com with your advertising money. You support Realtor.com by making sure you have your listings appearing accurately on Realtor.com, because truly, guys, they're the only syndicator that has our backs as an industry. They're not going to do things that are not in our best interest. They're not going to make moves that would some way possibly disintermediate agents from the real estate transaction. Again, I know this is a popular topic amongst realtors, not a popular topic amongst technologists who want everything to sort of evolve. 
or change or you know go in the direction of everything basically being done on a mobile device. But the reality of it is, is real estate will always be a belly-to-belly transaction, and you guys matter. And listing agents obviously are the you know bottom line matter most in our in our real estate industry. So the big topic in the economy is the recovery. According to the Realtor.com July National Housing Report trend report uh, that was released August 20th, and you guys should go to their site and download that. Can you tell us uh, about the re- what was in the report? Give us some information that maybe surprised you from an economist uh, economist perspective. Sure. I tweeted last week, in fact, that what we're seeing is a bit of a Goldilocks market. Uh, we're, we're seeing markets in general, So, and that's the ironic thing here. We talk about housing as if it's a single market, but we know it's made up of, of thousands of individual markets around the country. But in general, we're seeing improvement. Um, it's But it, it's improving conditions that you characterize as neither not too hot or not too cold, and hence the Goldilocks analogy. Uh, So our report for July uh, focused on the July inventory metrics that are based on all that listings data uh, that that we sit on on top of. Um, And we we basically showed that we're seeing continued growth uh, through through July. Um, And that growth means we've had increasing uh, volumes of inventory throughout the year, which enables, of course, more sales downstream. Uh, It's been a concern by many that part of the reasons why we've had uh, a, a slight turn down in total sales this year, and in general since the recovery began, uh, we've been in a scenario where we haven't had appropriate inventories to be able to support the potential demand that, that was out there. So it's good to finally see the inventory inventory increasing, and this is truly in a scenario the report indicated that the growth uh, that, that we have been seeing is not causing a deterioration in, in neither age or price, uh, which of course can happen if you have inventory levels increasing uh, to a degree that they're outstripping demand. Um, so we're actually seeing the median age of homes on the market decline, um, and especially to decline relative to last year, which is an indication uh, that that of, of course demand is is more than keeping up with supply, because you wouldn't have a scenario of increasing inventories plus declining. Uh, age uh, plus increasing prices unless unless you really had a good positive momentum um, and and of course we also think that the price increases are an important continued positive psychological signal uh, to both buyers and sellers but at the same time we're seeing much more uh, moderated price increases this year versus the kinds of near double digit increases we experienced last year. Absolutely. So this year is different than past years uh, because despite good gains in 2012 and 13, external forces held the recovery down. And this year's that's not the uh, the case. And I read that in your report. Can you explain that a little bit for us? Yes, that that indeed was the key message that we wanted to get across in the report because I, in particular, have been frustrated by some of the uh, let's say talking heads uh, kind of news being reported about housing. Every, housing is a spectator sport, and everybody can understand and relate it. So, of course, you get the financial networks and, and just about anybody in the country talking about it. But I, ironically, most of those people talking about it don't have access to the kind of data that your listeners have in front of them about their individual markets and, of course, what, what we sit on top of. So I consider it part of my mission to help fix some of those issues. And what, what's been frustrating to me is that uh, I am seeing this year 
gain momentum as the year progressed versus uh, the exact opposite experience that, that we've had over the last uh, several years or indeed uh, since, since the recovery began. Um, so in 2012 and 2013, we had a scenario where the year started off extremely strong. Everybody was optimistic and excited about what was going to happen, but uh, for multiple reasons, by the time we got to this point in the year, actually, by the time, in most cases, that we got to the month of June, we started to see very strong signals that we were losing momentum um, by mid-year, but not this year. Um, so just to think think back in time and, and everybody try to uh, put their uh, time machine on and, and remember what 2012 was like. 2012 was... Uh, we were experiencing a disappointing U.S. economy, so you, you had some um, some really worry about the jobs market not pick, uh, picking up. And at the same time, if you recall the acronym, PIGS, um, uh, standing mm-hmm. for Portugal, Italy, Greece, and Spain, uh, were really taking the headlines because of uh, you know pending debt defaults and and that sort of thing. And then we we had our own political issues going on. Uh, regarded uh, regarding debt ceiling, so all those things just kind of cast a wet blanket over how the consumers uh, were feeling. And then in 2013, it was our domestic fear of the taper um, and related rising interest rates we were experiencing, Middle East unrest, um, and of course the government shutdown. Uh, and in all cases, we saw that consumers lost confidence. I mean, the consumer confidence index uh, reflected that. Um, but this year is truly different. Uh, we've seen the exact opposite. We've seen uh, sales increase this summer in existing home sales reported by the National Association of Realtors. We're seeing, as I mentioned, our inventory metrics uh, do nothing but improve uh, month to month and year over year. And then yesterday's uh, Consumer Confidence Index uh, for August uh, registered 92.4, which is the highest number we've seen since October of 2007. Um, so, and then when you look at like the web traffic um, and the people that are visiting not just Realtor.com, but but looking at real estate on uh, any site or mobile devices, and we've seen traffic continue to grow into June, into July. Um, page views are up, uh, unique visitors are up, all across the board. Uh, if anything, I think consumers are feeling more positive and more confident and more interested in housing. I 100% concur with the fact that this is the first year in many years where there hasn't been headwinds starting mid-year. And I remember very clearly what you're talking about. It's like June or July, all of a sudden the brakes get put on, and then the, you know basically the energy gets sucked out of the market, and then everyone starts feeling optimistic again going into January. And that cycle was just going back and forth, back and forth. It felt like for like the past five or seven years. And you're right. Now the energy that's in the marketplace and the feedback we're getting from these agents, I mean, it's really exciting. It feels like, and what I think it is, is the beginning stages of a seven to ten year good old fashioned real estate boom that hopefully won't end in disaster. So, do you, do you, I mean, black swan events aside, do you see any potential problems that would slow down the housing recovery or even reverse it? Do you see anything that's happening that you that would cause you to uh, cast a worry? Uh, no, not. I mean, I'll, I'll answer that very simply by saying no. Um, we we really have a scenario that uh, things are starting to fall in line. You've had seven months in a row of 
more than 200,000. We've averaged, I think it's 233,000 new jobs a month for the last six months. Uh, that's really the main uh, strongly correlated metric uh, to the consumer confidence number that I, that I mentioned earlier. Um, and we're seeing slight upticks in things like um, wages uh, and income, um, and in particular, we're starting to see slight upticks that would indicate that the first-time buyer segment is starting to come back. So if you think about our housing world as this big, complex ecosystem, because it really is, if you try to kind of think about the way people talk about the climate or things like that and how we're all interconnected, we've had a scenario that we've been seeing improvement since the bottom of the market in, in 2011, but it hasn't been entirely healthy. Like, we had wonderful volumes in 2013, but an enormous part of that volume uh, was was distress um, and foreclosure sales, uh, and those were not the kinds of normal, healthy transactions that we would want to see a lot of, um, and that has been worked off largely. We're now finally seeing percentages that are at, that are at lower um, levels, getting very close to what you could describe as normal levels of distress. And in some places in the country, like your your new hometown in Austin, uh, that's absolutely the case. There's there's no distress uh, really to speak of. Um, and so all of those things point us into a scenario that we're we're just getting healthier and better. And so you're starting to get normal market fundamentals, people, uh, life, um, life dictating housing. Um, and we're back in this scenario that you can make sense of, of sales and, and prices based on supply and demand. Um, so I, I do think we're at the beginning of a long cycle. It's going to be, I don't think we're going to see, um, you know, like all of the pent-up demand, all the people who haven't been able to buy uh, or have been shut out of the first-time uh, market segment, for example, you know, rush in and buy homes over the next six months. It's probably going to take us the better part of a few years uh, to really uh, work off all of that pent-up demand because you still have some issues, particularly in the first-time uh, home buyer segment, uh, with mortgage finance and qualification and some of the difficulties there that uh, that are limiting what we can do. But once that really starts to be vibrant, I think we're going to be riding a very large demographic wave of the baby boomers moving into retirement and making decisions about their next home and the millennials finally forming households um, and buying their first homes that I think will make for some really good years uh, for real estate. Well, I agree completely. And, you know, the housing trends also go to the different styles of housing and all that. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's fun having a conversation like this with someone like you because for the first time in a long time, we don't have to talk about all the doom and gloom stuff that seemed to overshadow our industry for almost a decade. So, you know, I'm sure you feel excited about it as well. But speaking of headwinds, I mean, you met potential headwinds. You mentioned, obviously, financing is still trying to work its it's, it's you know, what's going to happen with first-time buyers or the mortgage products are going to start becoming more diverse again. Not high-risk listeners. We're talking about just basically making it easier to obtain a mortgage. Um, another interesting conversation that's happening amongst um, economists, and I read this all the time, well, inflation, right? So all this uh, massive amount of dollar printing, you're an economist. That hypothetically, that's going to have to come home to roost at some point. There's going to hypothetically be a time when the Fed will raise interest rates to slow the, you know, all that good stuff. What do you anticipate that happening, and what effect? To help our listeners understand the effect of inflation on 
home, I hesitate to say values, but the cost of real estate. Sure. So, yes, if if you purely look at some of the monetary policies that we've been living under that have been, uh, quote-unquote, printing lots of paper uh, to keep the the, uh, economy moving, you would have thought, and many people did think, that we would have experienced substantial inflation by now. But all of the key metrics to measure inflation, the CPI, the CPI without food and energy in it, um, individual uh, personal consumption expenditure uh, indices, they all really indicate that we are we've been under. Um, if anything, we've had we've had a risk of deflation, and and a deflationary cycle is is actually uh, a, a much worse scenario to have to go through. So the Fed's had, you know, had their had their challenges trying to accomplish this. And of course, there's always people that are going to criticize what what they do, but the reality is they do seem to have pulled off. Uh, quite a bit um, of an easier landing, I think, from the scenario we were in uh, seven years ago, six, six and seven years ago. Um, but but one thing is is definitely for certain for the future, we are likely to flirt with higher levels of inflation than we've had in the past. Um, I think most every economist is, is forecasting that inflation will start to be more significant than we've experienced, and that will be above the 2% rate. Uh, that we've had before, but I don't think there's anybody uh, that's mainstream that really thinks that we're going to have you know, double-digit inflationary issues uh, like we saw at the, you know, like the latter ha- latter end of the 70s uh, and in, into the early early 80s. In general, real estate is actually a um, physical assets uh, are are uh, benefit more in inflationary times because people people uh, gravitate towards those in investments uh, to actually help uh, help uh, reduce the risk and improve the return uh, that they have on their money. And um, so real estate, from a pricing perspective, tends to do fine in inflationary environments. The problem is when the Fed starts to worry more about inflation, that's when we'll see interest rates increase. You know, we've been living through a very abnormal time of the lowest uh, interest rates uh, we've ever seen, uh, because, largely because the federal funds rate has been uh, zero or essentially zero uh, for the last several years, and then the quantitative easing on on top of it have have tried to push rates down uh, in mortgage and, and other credit markets uh, to as low as as we will likely ever see. Ironically, though, you know we we set the actual lows in mortgage rates. Uh, in some mortgages like arms uh just last week um so it's not wow. been a scenario of of mortgage rates um uh going up all already uh but but i think it is very safe to say that at some point is it a year from now uh, most people are betting uh middle to second half of next year will will be when the fed starts to rise uh, raise rates and raise the federal funds rate you'll probably see the scenario that we saw unfold last year with people fearing that rate, actually raising the mortgage rates in advance. So I think most most economists are somewhere in the range of forecasting that we're going to have between uh, 50 and 100 basis points uh, rise towards the end of this year into the first half of next year. So that would mean we're probably talking about near 5, uh, 5% uh, for the 30-year fixed rate uh, sometime over the next 12 months. Um, and that 
that will be an important signal, I think. That's the kind of final signal uh, to the consumer that the two things they can bet on, um, and it truly is more of a, a recognition of more normal circumstances, that next year, whatever time frame this might be, whether it's tomorrow or six months from now, but the, uh, in a year's time, you can bet that prices and interest rates are going to be higher than they than they are today. And I think that well, I, just encourages the psychology of of buying if it makes sense to buy today. Right, and I, I mean, I watch I have Bloomberg on pretty much all day in the back <laughs> background while I'm doing stuff, and it's interesting. Uh, there was one of these uh, hedge fund guys who's been buying up houses. Um, don't remember his name all of a sudden. But in any event, he was talking about the fact that he's encouraging everyone to buy real estate because of the fact that if inflation does uh, kick in, well, he said, first of all, lock in long-term, these you know really long-term low interest rates, lock a 30-year loan in at the lowest rate you can get because he was saying, in essence, when the inflation uh, starts kicking in, depending on how you know big of a number it is, that we could be seeing essentially people – having their houses essentially paid, the interest rate is negated by the fact the house is increasing in you know, value every year because of the inflation rate. So I don't know what the other side of that is. I mean, I wasn't really paying much attention in the late 70s. I was you know, a kid then, but I don't know, you know so what the other side of that is. Right. So I don't know how all that comes unraveled, but at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, you guys, this stuff is important because when you're talking with gun-shy buyers, and I know a lot of you have been dealing with that, uh, a lot of fence-sitting buyers anticipating more inventory, lower rates, and whatnot. You've got to really be educated on what information to give them and how to explain it. So you need to go back and listen to what Jonathan said and how he explained it, because he explained some really complex ideas brilliantly. And take this information. Well, here's another idea. Share this interview with your, with all your clients. Put it on your blog. Put it on your website. You know, use this as your opportunity to educate your potential buyers and sellers, letting them know that, I mean, Jonathan, I don't think there's any question, you know, people in our industry always say this, but it's, it's never been more true that really, realistically, in the next 24, well, 18 to 24 months, there may not be another better time to buy a house because of the interest rates and the other things we're talking about. I mean, people could really position themselves perfectly to invest in a home. I mean, aside from any black swan events, I can't really find any arguments against that. Can you? Oh, totally agree. It's that, it's that um, you know that that exogenous event, as economists would say, that that you can speculate and, and fear about. But uh, this is not a scenario where there's any question that there is a falling knife. Um, you know, the kind of scene where you know people advise you to sit back and to see when when prices settle. We, we've had several years in a row of price increases, um, almost all uh, people are forecasting uh, above historical levels of price increases, um, but you know more, more moderate than we saw last year. And in fact, if you, if you look back, and even if you'd bought in 2009, 2010, and 11, uh, most likely if you'd bought in those years, you would have already, uh, by uh, price perspective, uh, done, done well. So it goes back to the power of of your listeners, of the individual realtors and, and agents, uh, that you're in a scenario that if that that you're in the best p- position to talk to them, and maybe Tim, you and I can come up with a way to do this more regularly and give them talking points that help to make sense out of the broader market. But once you get past those uh, concerns about the broader market and making sense of what 
on Bloomberg today or, or CNBC, then it all boils down to making those decisions and, and looking at the supply that's available at a local level and getting the counsel of, of, of a realtor uh, to know if this makes sense for you individually in the neighborhood that you want. Well, I'm certainly down for that, John. I mean, anytime you, you want to do it once a month or once a quarter, let's schedule it now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great idea, honestly. It, it, it would force a rhythm, and people could depend on, on getting some good talking points, and maybe you well, and I could figure a, a good way to make it entertaining. Yeah, well, I don't know about the entertaining aspect of it. I think I'd have to count on you for that. But, yeah, I'd love that. I mean, personally, I find this stuff really fascinating because this, these numbers, these sort of big things that we're talking about, they have such a Main Street um, implication. And it, when agents have information, they have confidence. And when they have confidence, they're able to go out and be of service to more folks. And that's, at the end of the day, what the real estate industry is all about. I mean, we, we always the industry is so obsessed with – lead generation and customer service and CRMs and all these wonderful products that help to make our real estate businesses run more efficiently. But at the end of the day, what this business, what this industry truly is about is being of service to other people. And I can't think, aside from maybe being like a doctor or something where you're saving people's lives, I can't think of anything that's more profound that you could help someone with than a real estate transaction. And I mean that with 100% sincerity because you're helping somebody accomplish a goal or solve a problem, depending on the nature of the sale. You know, you're helping somebody find a home. What's more important in life than home and health? And, you know, this is the essence of what the American dream is all about. And this conversation, even though I know some of the listeners are kind of like, you know, going glassy-eyed listening to what we're talking about, guys, take on the challenge of understanding at least how to explain the macro trends in the economy and how they directly affect your individual buyers or sellers. It matters. It will make you stand out in their eyes that you at least took the time to maybe if all you do is share this radio show uh, with your potential clients or go back and listen to the points that we talked about and jot some points down so you can talk with folks and let them understand you know, that you know what they're thinking about. You know how much information they're getting from CNN. I mean, how many different websites do people visit nowadays? And so you have one set of websites that are giving you you know, oh my gosh, there's going to be runaway inflation and 20% and we're all going to be living in caves and we're all going to be trading, you know, beads with Indians again. And then you have, you know, then you have people that actually are looking at the facts and paying attention to the trends that aren't trying to sell you gold on, you know, you get so guys really take the time to educate yourself so you can provide a higher level of service uh to your to your customers. And and by the way, when you again have that confidence, you will find yourself attracting more customers to you. So, Jonathan Smoke, I absolutely accept your offer to be a regular um, contributor and, you know, a regular co-host. And if you want to do it uh, monthly or quarterly, it's completely up to you. I mean, I, we can talk about that after today's show. Anything else you'd like to say to our listeners? And um, remember that probably something like between live and replay will be something like 50,000 agents listening to this. Anything else you'd like to share with them? No, I'm not trying to make you nervous. Well, kind of am, just for fun. <laughs> Well, I would I would reinforce a point that I think I subtly made before, but I really want to, to make it stick. There's a lot of noise um, out there. Uh, real estate is truly uh, one of uh, one of our country, in particular's favorite spectator sports. Um, so there's lots of opinions, and exactly what Tim just said, there's a lot of agendas behind the opinions uh, that are being expressed. And nine times out of ten, those opinions are being based 
upon data that's far actually inferior to the very data that you have in front of you and that you've invested your career and uh, education um, and becoming a realtor to, uh, to be able to have access to and to be able to interpret. Um, I just have the luxury of sitting on top of it um, and being a consumer of not just uh, Realtor.com and Moves data, but also every other possible source from the government um, and from uh, other parties that help us understand what the consumers are doing. Uh, and truly understand that I, I, I couldn't agree more with what Tim said about uh, people caring about this. Uh, Tim, I, I, I pulled together an interesting calculation just the other day uh, related to another uh, media request. Millennials are a hot topic today. I uh, pulled the numbers for the month of July in terms of what Comscore reports uh, that uh, millennials, uh, people that, and in this case I narrowed it down to just the millennials that are aged 21 to 34, so um, the adults that are potentially uh, in in the, the realm of, of potentially buying a home or, or renting even for that matter. And I found this startling uh, conclusion. Half of all the millennials, half of all the of the of the adults aged 21 to 34 in the U.S. visited a real estate website or mobile application in the month of July. That is insane. So yes, they care about it deeply. Maybe they're having difficulty. One of the things that we know from our surveys is that they are very anxious about the process. They don't understand it. Uh, they don't understand the news. Um, and what I'm going to be doing is creating the bully pulpit for talking about what's really going on uh, with the best data that we can amass, but I'm always going to be directing them to the realtors to find out what's happening locally. So you guys need to be prepared to be able to talk about that. Well, so you're now, I'll be on the pulpit with you, or at least hold the box for you while you're on there, but I'm going to drill down on something you just said because it's really critical that these guys understand that you heard what Jonathan just said. He is going to be sending folks back to agents, to realtors, See, guys, move.com, roller.com, supporting our industry. You've got to really question where you're spending your money because you're either spending your money um, with a company that is supporting our industry or it is not. And clearly, our friends at move.com and certainly roller.com and obviously National Association of Realtors.com are supporting our industry. They're the backbone of our industry. So, guys, do take the opportunity to understand more about the products that they have on offer. And, Jonathan Smoke, I really sincerely want to thank you for your time today. I've enjoyed this immensely, and uh, I look forward to our uh, repeat um, performances here as frequently as you will allow. Me too, Tim, and I actually look forward to visiting you in Austin and maybe checking out a Longhorn game while I'm there. <laughs> well, yeah, that's perfect. We'll do it. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. I really <laughs> appreciate your time. And listeners, again, what's your homework from every radio show? That's right. Share this uh, show. Share today's radio show with as many other agents as you possibly can. Post on Facebook, tweet it, do whatever it takes, help us get the word out that we are indeed in the very beginning stages of a 7- to 10-year real estate boom. And you, as an agent, have to embrace that so you can be of service to others. And by the way, help yourself out financially and build your business as well. Jonathan Smoke, thank you very much. Everyone else, thank you for listening, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. 
And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.